0: Valentine's Day as I record this, and I'm ecstatic to be able to share this day, talking about a movie I love with two of the people that helped bring it into being. Um, Adam I tells the story of a 14-year-old boy named Adam uh, who sets out to find his birth father after a series of circumstances forces him out of the home he grew up in. Now joining me today are Adam himself, Oakes Fegley, and the writer, producer, director of Adam the First, Irving Franco. So, gentlemen, how are you doing?
1: How you doing? Nice to be here. Thank you. Ian.
0: I'm well. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Cool. Well, Adam the First is one of those rare movies that evokes the feeling of reading a great coming-of-age novel. Um, there are themes and motifs and spectacular character interactions that don't feel like just the contrivances of a normal screenplay. So Irving, this wasn't based on a book. It came right out of your head from what I understand. Um, can you tell me what inspired you to write this story and to tell it in the way that you told it?
1: Sure. I really appreciate you saying that. Um, it's, it's great to hear, uh, <clears throat> from someone who, who's, you, you, really get it. Um. I would say, you know I, 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 I I've mentioned this in the past, but um, with my first f- featured cheerleader, I was trying to jump into the high school genre and do something unique with it. And my feeling was if I could do the same old high school plot and keep it simple, but tell it in the style of the autors that I loved and infuse it with personal questions of mine and insecurities of mine and wonders of mine, then you might find that balance between I've seen this a million times and this is classic and a celebration of 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 some timeless um, <clears throat> tropes. But at the same time, strangely, um, it's at the same time um, something I've never seen before and really fresh and per- seems personal to the artist. And, you know, striking that balance, um, dancing that line, has become a fixation of mine um, in, in making movies. And so with Adam the First, I, I wanted to revisit the same – the same approach, but with a completely different genre, maybe a completely different set of wonders and contemplations of my own. And I said, "Well, what if we dive next? We've done the high school thing. What if we we dive next into um, the the road the the road story and the hero's journey and see what we can do with that, and see what I can put into that that is personal to me, so that I, yet again we can come around to this um, strange balance between I've seen this a million times and I love it, uh, but I've never seen anything like this and I love it." Um, this way it's personal and timeless and classic all at once Um, and my hope was that in returning now to a new genre and um, new archetypical elements motifs themes etc that that would um, inspire new questions and personal sides of 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 this um, and and keep it fresh so same approach new subject matter hopefully New dish. Uh, that's that, that's my thinking. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of hero's journey, which is as old as as time itself. Um, but there's a lot of me in it, which I hope people relate to. And 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 um, that that's really the approach I take. And and I think I think doing things that way might stay with me for a little while.
0: It almost feels like a period piece because, I mean, it's about a 14 year old kid and it's a contemporary film, but there aren't, you know, cell phones. There's no TikTok. <laughs> tock. Right. The, the, the modern world almost seems to invade in the latter half of the last act of this movie. Yes. Um, you know, there's a lot of kind of uh, rural encounters. Um, and I think that that lack of intrusion really allows for. Uh, some of this this character exploration making a more of a meditative uh, picture. So, is that the way that you would kind of conceived it, or did it just did the setting just kind of inform the way you told the story?
1: I really appreciate you saying that. That's actually a big part of 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 how we conceived it. Um, I made a big emphasis of that from day one in development. My feeling is that, you know, these these are the questions we're dealing with. were as old as time itself and common to the human experience, regardless of when or where. And I felt that if in set design, costume design, and props, et cetera, world of story in general, we could, um, we could avoid anything that was too period specific, we could hit that theme home of this being a human story, wherever, whenever. Um, And so it wasn't, it was never 250s, or 60s, or 70s, or 90s. Uh, We were always trying to find that balance between um, elements that would be common to all those periods, so that this, was recognizable as of course more or less recent america and tied to that americana but never too hyper specific to current day or a specific period so that we would be thrown out and say oh um this is a specific story with a specific experience time and place i want this to be universal um and and an evergreen in a lot of ways and so it was very much intentional very happy it's coming through that way
0: oaks what was your kind of reaction to reading the the screenplay and and also talking with Irving about getting this movie out the ground. I I saw that, that you and David Duchovny, your co-star are executive producers on the film. So were you brought in at the ground floor? Did you, you know, discover this and want to get involved later? How did that happen? And what was your reaction to the character of Adam when you first encountered him on the page?
2: You know, I don't remember every element of the process, but I, I immediately remember, I mean, Irving came to me with the script and we had we had our like initial meeting, um, and I had I read the script and immediately like like Irving said I mean those those elements that he was trying to to capture and bring to life um, you know I, I I felt them jump off the page, and I immediately um, looked at that hero's journey as something new that I could explore in that time of my life too and and a period of growth of anybody who's who's. I was about a sophomore in high school so it was like a you know that pivotal time in my life too so um it was an interesting interesting time for me um but immediately I I had so much interest in it and I wanted to to talk to him about you know his vision and what he wanted to do and yeah I mean I I I jumped on and I wanted to to talk to Irving about you know um him you know letting me take a a seat in Hopefully, making some of my own creative decisions here and there, and he was he was game for that, and um, it made the process of when we got on set. We were filming every day. I I was able to bounce so many amazing ideas off of him, and we had some really amazing times when moments just came to life out of the place and out of the the people that we were with, um, and and I think that it came to screen really well and and then i mean immediately i had known that it was going to be that sort of experience and that sort of film um and that sort of set that i wanted to be a part of so yeah
0: so in terms of the the kind of the back and forth the input because There's a bit of a I think between the three of us, there's sort of a generational possible multiple generational divide here. Um, But, you know, Oaks, you were most uh, closest to the character. Uh, Did you find uh, as far as what you brought to the role? um, What did you adjust in terms of like making Adam more authentic to you? And Irving, in your collaboration, were there any blind spots that that Oaks may have uncovered as far as like, oh, wait, this is actually I i know it's kind of a timeless story, but this is how yep. kids think because I haven't been a kid in a little while.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, <clears throat> I could tell you, I mean, Oaks is pretty faithful to the script, but at the same time, there's so much that isn't written in there in terms of physicality and carrying yourself through these spaces. Also, in terms of, you know. Uh, how Oaks interacts um, in terms of facial expressions and and, and physicality with each um, different player that, that comes up. There are a lot of different characters in this film, a lot of different father figures, all of them with a different way of carrying themselves. Um, <clears throat> and Oaks had to figure out that way to kind of adjusting his physicality and carrying himself differently um, with each of those potential father figures as if they were in a sense making a mark on him and helping shape his character along the way um that was not something that was um necessarily written in a specific way and that's not something that's in the dialogue necessarily it's something that he had to figure out a way to emote um, and carry um through the physicality and and i think i think um a, a lot of that is what is what blew my mind you know we we you know you you wind him up and you, and you, and you set him free and you see what he's going to do and and um, suddenly, he's speaking to um, a father figure in in the prison. Suddenly, a father figure on the farm, and he's carrying himself differently between the words um, because he's speaking to someone else. Th- that that I think is where I saw the most um, back and forth and um, wiggle room that was off the page. I was very impressed by that stuff.
2: Yeah, as was okay. I. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, know Jump. I mean, jumping off of that. Irving and you, the cast that you put together for for all of those different figures was obviously so I mean, obviously so very intentional, but also through each of those worlds that you built for those different motifs, I think um, those interactions came came out of that very naturally. And I, I think I thank you for, for mentioning that, because I, I mean, that's that's something that I, I always look for um, in and truly working off of other people. And um, I mean, working with David DuCuffney as well. I, I, I've mentioned this so many times, but he's he's an incredible person to work off of. So I mean, yeah. I, I love when I have somebody else that I can really bounce off of, be playful with. It, it makes everything feel so much more natural and comfortable, but it also brings um, a whole different element of life to everything. And so yeah. um, that was something that I, I also, You know spent a lot of time um you know thinking about and working on but also some of it that just comes out again naturally from from interacting with those different actors and um yeah that was that was the main the main um exploration that i think i felt this this really had me had me doing it was it was jumping between all of these different yeah different worlds and different elements of the character yeah
1: a lot of the time i would be you know we'd be wondering oh, what kind of mood and vibe and tone is is, is oaks going to be like on set today and it would be like well what which father figure is he speaking with and which father figure is he having a scene with today you know and and yeah. in a lot of ways you were absorbing and a mirror to that stuff which was really cool
0: now oaks kind of picking up on that you've played a lot of troubled abandoned alienated youths um, from pete's dragon to the goldfinch to the Fablemans, um, but it does feel like there's something different going on with with adam there's that almost a perfect balance of vulnerability and danger danger which i was dreading the direction the film might have taken in one of the penultimate scenes uh, fortunately things played out a certain way and i won't get into spoilers here but what were some of the challenges that you faced in bring these aspects of the character to life that you might not have
2: faced in you know other roles? Well, something I think that's so interesting about Adam is that while, yes, he's been through all these situations and he's been left in this position, um, he still has, and he almost finds it through those circumstances, um, a, like a specific individuality as well. And he's trying to obviously find himself and I think that was that independence that he almost finds is, is really cool. And you see that in, in some of these um, scenes where it's it's just Adam, you know, walking through space and um, um, experiencing life in these different ways, maybe for the first time. Um, it's, it's those elements of that, I think, were really cool to, again, physically to Physically portray that and and show that, um, but yeah, I mean something about Adam that's very different. I mean, I feel like um, he's also he's also uniquely um, adaptive. I mean, he he's very malleable, almost in a way where he 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 meets these different people and he tries to he tries to let them teach him something about himself. Yeah there's this um, was, was challenging it was also
1: cool. Yeah, I mean I I remember we spoke about it from early on finding that interesting balance like Ian said between you know him being a rough and tough badass and at the same time very vulnerable vulnerable and and tender and and open to the world and and contemplative um because at at that stage in life that's that's very much you know what you teeter between um and and you know you did that beautifully i think that you know it's it's happening all at once not in this kind of binary way it's 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 there at at, at all times this ability to um survive and and uh o- overcome the 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 uh the weather ahead but at the same time a tenderness and a humanity that is um more childlike and and open and full of wonder that's always there i think throughout the film it's really cool
2: Yeah.
0: Now you mentioned these, these kind of archetypes on the hero's journey. Um, There are, okay. Adam encounters a convict, uh, a family man of God, an elderly artist, and a fourth person that I won't talk about um, in the, in the interest of keeping things fresh for the audience. Um, What was it about these specific archetypes that you felt that Adam should encounter on his journey. There's a lot of different types of of men that that he could find that could be his father, but these seem very deliberate. What were you trying to say here?
1: I appreciate that. I mean, I was trying to really get down to um, the most core categories that you might find in a a fairy tale like this. And rather than uh, speak to different ethnicities or different um, uh, cultures or different places in the world, I thought it really comes down to um, types of people, which you'll see across all of the ethnicities and all of the 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 cultures and and, and uh, geographical places and times that have existed. There there are always going to be those who are kind of you know on the uh, on the edge of the law and more of the might makes right types and the hedonists and and uh, you know the, the living in the underworld. There, are, there are always going to be those who are more spiritual and and family oriented and 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 seek those kinds of of uh, of, of pursuits, and there are always going to be those who are creative and artistic and are beauty seeking. Um, to me, that that felt like a um, a good a good breakdown um, that we could rely on as. Um, as all-encompassing, and um, you know, I think there are, of course, variations and 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 uh, nuances in in between and combined between the two. No, no person is only one of those things, but um, but uh, at its core, yeah, that just felt like the right the right split for this timeless fairy tale.
0: Now, this is a question for for both of you in Irving in conceiving this story and these archetypes and Adam's encounter with them and Oakes in embodying this character did you feel like you went on a journey as well having to think about these these larger issues presented by these characters that you're either drawing out of yourself in irving's case or having to contend with on on different even just narrative levels uh oaks
2: yeah i mean i think i think i mean as i mentioned i i joined this project that I also a specific time in my life um and i'm i'm only 19 now and i'm um still look at the world somewhat different every day um as i'm sure most people do but um you know there's there's an element of this film that through adam's eyes i was able to maybe digest digest how how individual everyone really is and how um no matter who you are you have your own perspective and your own Um, path that it took you to get there and everyone has something to learn from from every story um, whether or not you um, can listen to it or not Um, but I think that that was something really interesting and I mean that's something that I immediately take away from the story itself Um, but also from each of those individual interactions particularly I think just yeah looking at each of those figures and, um, how they live their lives and maybe their mistakes, but also the things that are admirable about each of those men. Um, those are all very, very specific situations and specific traits that, um, you know, I felt, um, were quite potent. Yeah, for sure.
1: I think for me, I think for me in, in, with a story like this, it's very much cathartic in that. You know, I, and hopefully with the audience along with me, I'm taking this journey in seeking out a North Star, seeking out a way in which I'm supposed to see the world. And um, that works in kind of phases of, you know, these father figures who have a very specific viewpoint um, and framework through which they they, they see things. Um, and in doing that, I'm kind of passing through what works and what doesn't work about each um, and finding along the way that there is certainly at the very least, even if these questions can't get answered, um, there is a common denominator between all of them, no matter what there's a humanity, there's a, there's, there's the great sense of longing that they've, they've had the difficulties of life. They've all gone through a form of loss, um, whether it be loved ones or their, or their ideals and dreams, Um, they're all, they're all going through the, uh, the timeless struggle of being a person. And that I think is where things round out and land and, um, and settle for me. It's an emotional journey for sure. Um, through, through processing how to see things, coming to a conclusion about not being able to come to conclusions necessarily. Ultimately.
0: And I think again, not giving anything away, the movie ends on some very big, you know, questions that I would love to know the answers to. But you know, it is—it's—it's it's like life. It's you know, it could go either direction. And one of the things right. I appreciate is I assume that based on the previous, you know, hour and a half or whatever, uh, the answers aren't going to be or the resolutions aren't going to be easy. They're not going to be movie solutions. Right. There are so many times watching this film where I braced myself because I'm like, okay this happened, so this is going to happen, which leads to this, this, and this. But I think at every turn, you chose in your writing to go in a non-obvious manner. For example, there's a scene where the police become involved because uh, Adam is is staying with a family. Um, And I expected the big blow up, the big showdown. It ended, you know, it was, it felt more emotionally honest for what adam where your character was in that moment to make the decision that he did i'm sorry i'm being so vague folks but you know no, <laughs> i can't give anything away
1: no, that's, you're doing a great job of dancing the line there it's a tight rope walk but, you, but that's great I, I i know what you mean i know i know i know what you mean i appreciate you saying that
0: um on that note there are a couple of very interesting modes of transportation in this film um one involves <laughs> uh, a horse chase and there's a house on wheels um not things you expect to see in a, you know, a modestly budgeted, I assume, independent yeah. feature. Irving, when you were coming up with these, did you think, ah, can we swing the house on wheels? Uh, do we have the insurance to have our main star on horseback? Oaks, right. was that you on
2: horseback riding <laughs> across that field? For the things. most part, there's a couple of those. I think the one, there's one shot that's uh, Jace, my stunt double. Um but for the rest for, for the rest of it was me and uh that was really cool we also we also i i loved driving there was like a 70s i yep. think it was 71 muscle car what was it irving
1: uh it, it's escaping charger myself. was it a it charger, was charger something, or something like Mustang, that thing old charger type yeah
2: but it, it was amazing though i loved
1: it, was laughing, a lot of it it was really yeah. good <laughs> <laughs> was cool. um, but yeah on the note of on the note of transportation I, I, you know, I love your, I, I love that you're catching all these things. It means it's coming through. Um, you know, uh, I, I feel great about that. I mean, at the, at the outset, my feeling was one of the joys of a really great road adventure, um, is watching the character, figuring out, figure out how to move along, uh, in the face of, of changing, uh, situations and circumstances, weather, obstacles, et cetera. And so You've, maybe you start out needing to get the the mode of transportation and you get that vehicle but then what happens when it breaks down and then and then what if you're in a situation where you need to escape what happens what happens then um, and so I started getting excited um, structurally not only about the places on the map that we were going to go which were really dynamic and, and and full of interesting personalities and landscapes but the intervals in between how you get from one to the next and how, the uh, modes of transportation can can serve as a really fun bridge from one mindset and aesthetic and atmosphere to another. And, you know, that that became a whole fun thing in itself. And I think that's actually where a lot of the action of the film, uh, or at least the physicality, starts to play out. Because when he's with these characters, a lot of the time he's sitting down and, you know, having a great conversation with them and, and getting to know the way they see the world. But then in between each of these, Moments is, is where a lot of the, the wild stuff happens the physicality the you know, the horseback the car rides etc that that cool stuff So bouncing between the two was was really important
0: well, I started off by Referring to kind of comparing this movie to a novel um, But your movie ends with a cinematic flourish that is It's impossible to replicate on the page and it involves a very long Tracking shot or yeah. an extended pan across a room.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, tell me about pulling that scene off in terms of just conceiving it as you're writing it. I mean, did you th- did you see the movie in your head as you were writing it? Were there other versions of this conversation turned revelation? And also. I'm not ashamed to admit it. I cried during the last five yeah. minutes of this movie sustained <laughs> tears. And that's not an exaggeration. Like there's a moment that kicks everything off and I, I didn't wipe my eyes until the screen went black. Well, so, that uh, thank you.
1: Thank well, you.
0: Well, thank, thank you. Um, but <laughs> as far as like filming that and, and sustaining that emotional beat. So yeah, two questions, one conceiving this yeah. and executing it and B. To uh, sustaining that uh, that emotion, how many takes did it take to, to get this yeah. down?
1: So um, it was originally conceived differently. Uh, one of the first things I I actually ever came up with for the for the story was um, the way in which that revelation was going to happen. It was going to happen in a different atmosphere, in a different setting. Mm-hmm. But one of the beautiful things about about um, making a movie is that practical obstacles start to push you to get creative and think outside of the box to accommodate. And so Mississippi had a ton of amazing locations, which we were able to get and match to the page. But when it came to what I had originally intended for the last scene, there was no such location, that type at least. Um, and so I started to have to think about what kind of locations were available and what felt like timeless America and, the setting that, that, that the end of the film takes place in, um, felt like a great alternative. And so then I said, well, we have to make it really interesting and we have to draw it out in the way that you're referring to. And so I knew that we needed to take a long take. Originally I was going to pull back in one way, but then the space was exciting and I wanted to do something wider. My DP suggested, what if we still do the long take thing, but we do it, we do it, um, you know, I said, well, maybe we'll do a tracking shot. Maybe then we'll do the pull, pull back. And then he said, well, maybe we just do a combination with Zoom. You know, you go back and forth and then you get excited. And I knew for sure that in my alternative, I was going to have a very long drawn out take that was going to lead to the final revelation. I'll say that. How it was physically set up had to be worked out. Um, but once we knew that, then we, uh, it's so, so funny trying to talk about this stuff without saying anything. Um, once we knew that, then we had to take multiple takes of it. You do a zillion takes, and then, of course, as it always goes, the magic was in the first one, and <laughs> that's, I, thats I'm thats i pretty sure that's the first take that you saw.
0: Wow. Um, so, Oaks, I mean, you, as I recall it, because I, I watched this about a, a week ago, so um, you're in that scene, or you, you're in the, the the shot that establishes the long pan and then we see you towards you know kind of at the end were you there for the entire filming of that trying to uh i mean did irving did you get coverage of oaks while while he was um, performing
1: oaks was there the whole time during every single one of those long takes yeah We, we did one punch in uh to to get one specific reaction uh as a just in case um but if you if you wanted to you could watch that take all the way through without the cut in um, and it's there and Oaks is there and he's doing his thing. He's rocking out.
2: So, yeah, it, that was, that was something that I, I mean, I remember as well. We, we did a bunch of, like we did do a bunch of different covers. Like
1: 10, 12 I, takes in a row. We had a, we, had, one.
2: Like, we had a lot. And I remember the conversation with you and Danny in the, in the back of the, in the back of the place. Um, yeah. And, um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was a long, it was a long scene, but it, it was just something you had to, to feel out. It's, there's nothing else I can really say without giving too much away. I
0: don't know. In terms, of, in terms of that feeling, I mean, as you're, what I'm assuming is a very long day and a lot of it is setups and filming and going back and trying to try different things. Were you able to hold on to that emotional core of what you needed to do or did, it, did you find yourself, was the effect wearing off by, by the end of the day? And perhaps that's one of the reasons that that first take was, was the magic one. <laughs>
2: Some, sometimes, sometimes it is difficult. I, I mean, I, I'll be honest. It 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 just depends on um I mean, so many different circumstances. But yeah, I mean that's that's a question for Irving. I don't I don't remember. I think
1: I think Oaks did great all the way through. Honestly, <laughs> it, it's just funny. Sometimes to take that, you know, everything's got to line up right. Sound's got to line up. Camera moves got to line up. The lighting's got to be right. The performance uh has to be right, of course. Uh, other elements that I won't speak of that you guys know I'm referring to have to be right in this case. Um, and so you, the magic's in the first take, but it could be because that's the one where everything lined up. You know, it's not necessarily always a question of, of the actors wearing out. They, they could have been best performances in the last take, I don't know. Um, but but maybe camera slipped or, or, or some other element happened or boom dips down, you, you never know. But the first take, I think, it's kind of like looking for apartments if uh, at least in manhattan you 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 find an apartment you're excited about and part of you know is like oh, i should probably keep searching you know it's weird to just settle on the first one let's let's go for a few more just in case but then you realize oh that first one was the one um and so in manhattan you, you don't have that luxury you got to just jump on it on the first <laughs> one. but with, with making a movie you kind of go for the safety like all right let's just film it 10 more times just in case but everyone agrees that the first one was amazing right and and that's just that's what, how it goes
0: sometimes. Well, and appropriately, the movie is called Adam the First, um, which is, you know, it's in select theaters now, um, folks can check out the Electric Entertainment website, which will be linked below for for more information. And um, Irving and Oaks, thank you very much for taking some time to to hang out and talk about this this truly remarkable film with me. I'm not kidding, folks. You got to bring some tissues uh, with you to the theater to see this, because you're going to be a wreck. And if you're not, then you know that's you got a whole other journey to go on. But yeah, thanks guys. I really appreciate it. Thank
2: you, Ian. This was great. Great to yeah, see you. you. Yeah, it was good to see oh. you.
0: All Thank right. So much, Take care, guys.
2: guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.